The following podcast is a presentation of Project Entertainment Network. Scratch, what were you playing just now? Napoleon! Hi! Did you just poof yourself into my private chambers? Yeah, I'm getting pretty good at this whole poofing slash teleportation thing, huh? You can't just poof into someone's chambers unannounced. It's a violation of privacy. Yeah, I know. That's what I've been telling you the whole time. Ugh. Oh, here. I made bagel bites if you want some. Bagel bites? Yeah, you know, pizza in the morning, pizza in the evening, pizza at supper time. Enough! Yes, sir. Sorry, sir. (sighs) Are they the cheese and pepperoni kind? Obviously. We're civilized people here. Fine. I'll have some of your ridiculous bagel bites. But don't dare think that your offering in any way atones for your impudence. Yeah, I know. (laughs) So... What were you playing? Nothing quite so sophisticated as the Bagel Bites jingle, but a song from my memory. It helps me, in some small way, to keep what pleasant remembrances I have of the past alive. Yeah, I feel the same way about the Duran Duran Arena album from 1984, especially that song, The Seventh Stranger, you know? Napoleon, it's not remotely the same. I assure you. Uh, Yeah, I guess not. Since you're so keen on music, you should be delighted by tonight's guest. And who is that, sir? Jared S. Young, the multi-instrumental powerhouse behind the beloved San Diego band Wake Up Screaming. His compositions combine elements of alternative, industrial rock, synth, and dream pop. Well, I guess I'd better go freshen up. Gotta look my best for my adoring public. Oh, that won't be necessary. Beg pardon? Have you noticed anything unusual about your camera lately? Strange sounds, distortions, and the like. Oh, well, now that you mention it, it did do a weird thing during the Dave the Clone interview. 
Oh, and Mike Freiheit said something about hearing like a a hairdryer or something come over the line. Yes, but nothing so mundane as a hairdryer, I'm afraid. It would seem someone's been tampering with your camera in order to keep tabs on her exploits in the past. But who? You think it was the Soviet vampires again? I thought we were cool with those guys. It's hard to say. You have the uncanny ability to attract the very worst of company. <laughs> yeah, noticed that. Uh, so, uh, what are we gonna do? You will carry on with the podcast as usual. Don't let on that anything is amiss. I will see if I can trace the device back to its source. No, I meant about the video portion. Napoleon, on the odd occasion that you aren't utterly exasperating, you have from time to time surprised me with your resourcefulness. Oh, well, thank you, sir. Yes, I strongly suggest you set your mind to making this one of those occasions. Hey, wait! Oh, jeez. He took my bagel bites. Don't be scared, Al. But it looks like you just wandered straight into U-Mind country. That's U-Mind, short for unaffiliated mind games. And you ain't never gonna be the same again. Brace yourself. It's time for Red Hot Truth Injection. Oh yeah! That's right, we're rounding up the sheeple and shaking them awake. You mind? Too damn bad. We're gonna set fire to the wool over your eyes. Feel the burn, baby. Hot We're toppling the lies of the lamestream media one by one. Woo-wee! Watch them bad boys fall. Hey, Universe A, this is Universe B calling, and we're gonna tear you a new one. You mind? Okay, everybody. Hey, we are here with Jarrett Young, and Jarrett is uh, part of the band Wake Up Screaming. He uh, composes music. Now, are you part of a band, or is are, is Wake Up Screaming you? Is that you are the entity that creates everything? A uh, quick backstory: It was a full fledged band twenty years ago. Ah. It was three of us. We took a very long time off. And in 2017, I approached the old band members saying, hey, I'd like to put this back together again. Uh, one of the guys came back, and we were on our way to putting together some new material. And about six months into the recording process, he backs out. Mm. He had his reasons. So I, there I was stuck. And I'm like, what am I going to do now? So I just said, I'm going to get this done. So I did everything myself, played all the parts, sang everything. And since then, it's just been me. It's a really ambitious project for uh, just a solo. It's pretty much a one-man band. And uh, yeah, that's a amazing. There, there's not a lot of those out there. <laughs> there's a few out there. Um, the problem with being a one-man band is that mm. it makes uh, performing problematic. Yeah, I could see that. Your music has kind of uh, an industrial goth, a uh, little bit of synth pop, dream pop kind of edge to it. Uh, it's a very unique sound.
how did you kind of come about that sound? What influences did you have? Uh, I go pretty across the board with my sound. Uh, you know, I grew up on a steady diet of funk, soul, and R&B. And then one day when I was about nine years old, a song came on the radio and it was Gary Newman's Cars. And I was like, whoa, this is amazing. How are they doing that? And it was it's just something that has always been there over time. And then when I got to college, I found myself studying electronic music and recording techniques. So when the time came to put together a band, I was already kind of predisposed to that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Only to find out after things went the way they did that it came in handy because the next thing I know, it's like I have to produce everything myself. I have to engineer everything myself. I have to do all the programming myself. I have to do all the mixing myself. So as far as the technical aspects of where that sound comes from, there's that. Um, as far as the aesthetic, I don't know. I just kind of got into it. Uh, Newman was definitely a large part of that. I remember as a kid, the first time hearing Bell the Ghost is Dead by Bauhaus and going, whoa, this is different. Yeah. And it just created such an atmosphere and a texture about it. I think that's what I like about goth rock more than anything else is the atmosphere. Yeah, it is. It is very atmospheric. It has a really strong message. A lot of your songs, uh, the lyrics, very different from a lot of the songs that you, you sometimes hear in that scene. What is the message that you're trying to communicate to people with your music? Well, now that's a tricky one for me. Hmm. Uh, you know, lyrics, I have to say, is probably the part I struggle with the most. Lyrically, I tend to be very literal. I don't use a lot of um, allegory or metaphor. Um, I tend to be pretty straightforward on that. So it's like, you know, exactly what I'm thinking is exactly what I say. I try to be colorful about it. I focus mainly on just observations of, you know, the world around me, introspection, things like that. I try to avoid politics and like social issues, but mm -hmm. it kind of creeps its way into my music more so than, well, more than I'd like, frankly, but there it is. So, you know, I do address things like that. I don't claim to be any great political mind, but, you know, I do have an opinion. Well, sure. People say my lyrics tend to be a bit on the dark and morose side, mm -hmm. but you know, what people call dark and morose, I just call Thursday. I, I, I guess I could see where people would say that. I, I would say they have overwhelmingly a positive message. It reminded me a lot, not so much in sound, but uh, in, in song construction of V&V uh, &V Nation, uh, which was a band that very much dedicated itself to uh, sort of continuing a positive message. Please don't go. I want you to stay. Uh, I think that that's what really struck me is that uh, we, we live in such dark times and then to, to have something that has this kind of like atmospheric, eerie kind of sound, but at the same time has this re really like strident, powerful message. So you say that performing has been an issue. Have you ever done any live performances, tried to uh, pre-record or do anything set up like that? Not as yet. Um, ironically, this was supposed to be the year where, you know, I put together the new live band and we start gigging. And of course, COVID. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And that kind of sidelined everything. So I'm actually currently talking to a couple of guys. Um, we're putting together a rehearsal schedule now. It's going to happen, but with this new incarnation of Wake Up Screaming, no, we have not gigged as yet. Mm. Uh, we played about 30, 35 shows around 2000, 2002 with the original lineup, and then just things just kind of ran their course. About two years, about 35 shows, we released one CD, and then the money ran out. Mm. And we all went and did other things. Yeah. But now it's like I'm considering this a fresh start, and you know I have the material to together. I think I have a, a message that I want to convey. Now mm -hmm. I just want to try and get out there and start performing. Believe me, I am itching to get out there and play. <laughs> I think there's a lot of musicians right now that are in that same boat. Um, so obviously, COVID has affected your plans. But has it allowed you to kind of like uh, maybe have some introspection, focus on new songs, new material that you've been uh, trying to pull together? Well, you should say that. Um, I'm working on a couple of new ones right now. I try to draw from life experience, you know, things I see, you know, observe, like I said. But you can only observe the same four walls just so many times. Yeah. You know, being shut in with uh, the lockdown and the quarantine. So what I doing more more is just focusing on well for example the last one i'm working on is what it's like sitting in a room with nothing to do but staring at four walls you know that gets tired after a while so it's like you know what else do i write about so i turn more introspectively it's like it's not just staring at the walls but i'm writing about things like what goes through your mind as you're sitting there doing nothing you know the mind wanders whether you want it to or not so the random thoughts that occur to you the train of thought that it follows the weird directions that it goes things like that yeah absolutely solitude sometimes can be a, a source of great inspiration at the same time can be a source of consternation which, which is it for you would you say I've always been kind of a homebody, so I've been able to adjust very well. But at the same time, it's getting to the point now where even my antisocial shut-in friends are starting to feel a little cabin fever. Mm. I can deal with it. That does not mean I'm having a good time. But, you know, I'm sitting here. I'm surrounded by computers and guitars and uh, sound equipment. So I'm in my happy zone. So I've got something to do. I have a release. A lot of people don't do that. You know, I know a lot of people who are either taking up a new hobby or they're overeating or they're drinking a lot. Right. Everybody's got a different thing. Thankfully, I have a healthy outlet. Right. Right. Well, that's good. Um, you mentioned your setup. Uh, what kind of setup do you work with uh, to create your music? It's Because it, it is mostly electronic. So give us an idea of that. Oh, okay. I'm sitting here now. I'm sitting here in front of my computer workstation talking to you, uh, mm -hmm. which consists of, you know, a, a pretty powerful elite book wired to a sound card. And wired to the sound card, I have two synthesizers. One analog, one digital that's analog modeling, a digital uh, guitar processor, a half stack guitar amp, a bass amp, and a whole bunch of random odds and ends around here, the just like random stuff that comes in handy. Like you'd be surprised the way it's a, an egg shaker will come in handy, or a tambourine, or I'm looking at a cowbell right now, mm -hmm. or even this. Oh, nice. You acquire random stuff that, that just that makes noise and it becomes part of the arsenal. I've created my own little world here that I, uh, 
that I used to work with. And I, at many of the time, I just sort of shut the door, turn off the lights, and I'm just in my own little world. Um, you also use a lot of, um, it sounds like sound bites, uh, movie clips in your music as well. Um, are there specific films that inspire you or have a message that uh, you just wanted to share with people? Well, my favorite movie is Fritz Lang's Metropolis. Um, that works for me on a few different levels. You know, aesthetically, I mean, the movie is eye candy. And just the uh, message behind it, you know, mediator between the head and the hands is the heart. I tend to draw from fantastic things like that. Uh, I try to go easy on the, the sound bites, if, you know, for no other reason, just because of copyright reasons. Yeah. But I do find interesting stuff to use. Sometimes it's news stories. Sometimes it's just bits on the internet. And sometimes I just go out with my uh, micro digital recorder and just get field recordings of interesting stuff. You'd be surprised at the things you can put together just using that. Now, you've got a lot of uh, really beautiful uh, artwork that I've seen on your uh, Instagram for, for your covers. Do you design those covers yourself? Yes. In the previous yes. life, I was a graphic designer. Ah. Seriously, no, I did, I did go to school for graphic design. Yeah. And um, I graduated and I did work in the field as a web designer for a few years. But yeah, I just uh, I couldn't resist the call of music. So all of these different things, you know, web design, graphic design, programming, all these things, you know, definitely come in handy when you're doing the one man band thing. Mm -hmm. So it's just one more weapon in the arsenal. I noticed in one of your pictures that you, you had a very cute cat uh, on your shoulder. Yes, yes. Well, there's no shortage of cats around here. That's uh, for sure. How many cats do you have? Me, personally, two, but there's five in this household. Oh, wow. That's that's my dream. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I adopted two myself. Two belong to my roommates, and one just invited himself in. Oh, very cool. They, they do that, actually. Yes, they do. <laughs> When I was a kid, we um, I remember we were coming home, and we were getting out of the car. Mm -hmm. As we're walking up to the front porch, there's this little, you know, black and white tabby sitting there on the front step. Out of total blue. Never seen it before, but okay, that's cool, whatever. Mm -hmm. We walk in. It walks in right along with us. It belonged there. They're like, okay. It stayed for five years. Oh, wow. Very cool. <laughs> so, yeah, cats adopt their masters. Yeah. Some people Know that, but that's where it's at. Speaking of being adopted, when did music adopt you? You said that it wasn't something that you could escape from. Uh, wh when did you first feel the calling? Uh, I've been a music geek since I was a kid. It was, mm -hmm. It's always been the case. I made the mistake early on of believing the message that my parents wanted me to hear that you can't make a living as a musician. You right. gotta do something more sensible. So. I went to school for design, but even then I was still working at the college radio station. I was taking audio classes. I was taking music classes. When the time came, oh, this would have been around the year 2000, something just kind of gave us like, okay, you know, I just got to be doing something. So I went out and bought my first drum kit and just sort of started from there. That's what I did in the original band was I was the drummer. Very cool. And it's, it's just always been in the background uh, somewhere, some, you know, some corner. Uh, it's always been music for me. Until finally, it just became my raison d'etre, if you will. Now, when you when you come up with a song, uh, do you kind of uh, hear it in your head? Do you what is your process? Your creative? I've always wondered about that with music. My process is part divine inspiration, part mm -hmm. plagiarism. Oh, well, that works. <laughs> great artists uh, steal, they say. So right, good artists borrow, great artists steal outright. Yes. But how it works is I'll start and 
an idea in my head of like you know of, of a song I like mm -hmm. and try to imitate the feel of it. Not necessarily the sound, but the the feel I get from it. After a certain point, it usually does not take long for it to take on a life of its own. Maybe I'll have the beat, or maybe I'll have a hook riff or some kind of groove, and then I'll be looking around my room or. Uh, looking on my computer, and I'm like, huh, that's an interesting sample. What if I throw that in? Or let me try this guitar riff. And away it goes. You know, after that point on, the song really does just take on a life of its own, and it builds on itself. I've come up with stuff that I listen to. It's like, dang, did I come up with that? <laughs> and it happens to me all the time. I, I'm kind of pleased with that. I did not know I had it in me to be a songwriter, but when the time came, it felt pretty natural. Just move through you. Yeah, it comes from the strangest places sometimes. <laughs> We're glad that we have people like lightning rods like you that can draw that in because then everybody gets to appreciate it. What is the first song that you ever wrote? And is it anywhere online that we could ever experience it? It is called The Chase Scene. And it's the first song on the first EP, which is just self titled. It's called Wake Up Screaming. It was the very last song that I worked with with my old bandmate, the one who uh, backed out. It's based on a loop that sounds very orchestral in its styling, uh, symphonic strings and that's like. And I thought to myself, man, this sounds like the chase scene from an old 70s action movie. <laughs> and so, in following in that, I uh, uh, put sort of like an up-tempo driving beat behind it. And Kirk Tinsley, that's his name, he was the guitar player for the original Wake Up Screaming. And he was sitting there listening to it, and he was like, sounds like a chase scene. He's like, yeah, I know. He's like, let me write some lyrics for it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Uh, I, I was very impressed with what he came up with. He really outdid himself. Unfortunately, when the time came, he was not able to record them. So uh, the lyrics are his, but the voice singing it is mine. Excellent voice, though. Another part of my background, like I, I mentioned, was uh, I worked at the college radio station. I also worked in uh, radio outside of college for a couple of years, and I did do some announcing there. Yeah. So there was that. When it came time to start singing, I didn't take any chances, so I actually went and had formal voice lessons ah. with a local teacher here. Tori Rose is uh, my voice coach, and she is a phenomenal singer in herself and also uh, an excellent instructor. And she's been definitely helping me get over trouble spots that I've had. She knows uh, what I do. She's listened to my music. She knows where I'm coming from. And so she's like, she's working with me so I can sing that. I think that's so important because uh, that's one of the things that always kind of gets me is I, a lot of people just, and I'm, I'm sure they're directed to do it, uh, just recreate what was already successful. And I think that's really great that you are using your voice, uh, your instrument, and creating something that's uniquely you. 
very Although true. I have had my comparisons, you know, I won't say I'm some great unique sound or anything like that, you know. Um, I've had, I've been compared to a few different people, uh, Trent Reznor, okay. Dave Don, um, little Peter Murphy in there, um, which in a way is encouraging because, you know, I listen to all those guys anyway, so I must be mm -hmm. doing something. Right. Yeah, I can hear the Peter Murphy now that you bring it up. It it didn't strike me when I was listening to it, but yeah, I I love Peter Murphy. I have I have I have rehearsed a couple of times to a few Bauhaus songs, so that would make sense that I'd have some takeaway from mm -hmm. that. What are your plans for the future? Uh, is there is there a release on the way? Uh, yeah, I know you said that you were working on some stuff. Um, do you have any idea what uh, the title or? Anything thematic is going to be relating to that? Can you give us a, a glimpse into the future? I Well, the answer is yes. I do have some plans. I don't want to let too much go because um, I have a couple of ideas I'm juggling around and I'm not sure which one I'm going to settle on yet. Mm -hmm. And besides, the one that doesn't get used may get used the next time. So I don't want to make any promises I can't keep right away. But I do have a plan that I've more or less tried to stick with is that I am not building up to like some big grandiose uh, release of like, you know, here's my grand epic. Um, it's real simple is my plan is an EP every six months. Oh, wow. Three to five songs every six months. Um, so far in the last two years, I've had three releases. So I'm more or less on schedule. I just got to get on top of it and get this new one done. Very cool. I'm excited to hear it. Now, if people want to uh, get in touch with you, uh, hear your music, uh, just experience what you have to offer, uh, what is the best place where they can find out more about you, uh, hear your songs? Uh, well, I would say wakeupscreaming.bandcamp.com. Mm -hmm. That's where everything is available for download, to listen, to purchase. And it gives you a little overview of what I'm doing, what I'm all about. It also has links to the um, other sites. Uh, there is a Wake Up Screaming YouTube page. You can just do youtube.com slash letter C slash Wake Up Screaming. Very nice. And uh, there's also Wake Up Screaming on Facebook. You know, so yeah, the usual suspects, although for anybody who's really interested, I would recommend starting with Bandcamp. That's wakeupscreaming.bandcamp.com. Right. And they can listen and download everything from there? Yes, everything is there. The first three EPs, a couple of uh, extra singles, um, a few bonus tracks, and there's always new stuff coming. Okay, awesome. Okay, well, thank you so much, Jared. And uh, I look forward to your new stuff coming out. I, I'm going to be enjoying your old stuff in the meantime. And uh, what are your cat's names? The uh, fat, chunky one that's sleeping right next to me is Dorian. Aww. He's a striped tabby, black and gray, sleeping next to his catnip toy. Aww. And the uh, jet black, uh, prissy, fussy one is Io. I like it. Okay, thank you so much, Jared, and I My will pleasure. talk to you later. <sighs> Napoleon! Uh, oh, uh, <laughs> hey, Scratch. Just finished up that interview and, uh... Regale me with the finer details later. We've got a crisis on our hands. Look! Uh, no luck fixing the camera, huh? Confound the camera! Look inside of it! Okay, so it's infested with rock candy crystals? They're not candy, but they are crystals. Scribe crystals. Why are they all glowy like that? Because they're recording everything you say. Every thought you have, every image you see, 
It's all captured within these crystals and transmitted to whoever seated these things inside your camera. Wow. They're really putting on a light show, huh? Indeed. They seem to have been excited by the snippets of music you played for your podcast. They're goth crystals, sir? No. They're feeding off your ether, or rather on the energetic frequencies those songs induce in you. Here, sing your idiotic pizza bagel song and sing it with passion. <clears throat> pizza in the morning, pizza in the evening, pizza at supper time. There, look. Do you see? Okay, wow, that's bright. I've never seen anything like that. I have. But not in this dimension. Not until now. Uh, okay. This is deadly serious, Napoleon. The podcast will have to go on hiatus. We can't risk playing into our adversary's hands. Oh, no. Not the podcast. Whatever will I do without it? (laughs) (sighs) Wait a minute. Wait. I might hate podcasting. Uh, Not might. I do. Like, a lot. Like, a ton. And I I might think it's a market that's been so oversaturated by everyone and their mom supposedly riveting banter that it's essentially a fool's errand with no hope of ever getting decent sponsorships, which is, like, the only good reason to have a podcast in the first place. And I may resent ever having gotten involved in it. You know, like, Sisyphus... He didn't have a podcast exactly, but <sighs> but I did not, and I repeat, did not stick those crystals in there. For once, I actually believe you. You do? But I suspect I know who did put them in there. It's good you're sitting down. What I'm about to tell you will shatter your very concept of existence as you know it. I mean, that's like a daily event for me at this point, but go on. Special thanks to Jarrett S. Young for appearing in this all-animated episode. Yes, Jarrett S. Young and all the links to his fan camp, Facebook, and YouTube will be below in the description. Thank you to Savage C. Walnar, who gets us started off right every show. Our legendary announcer can't do it without him, and we cannot do it without Ethan Mexell the composer of the Mind theme. We wouldn't have a theme. It would be weird. You can go to patreon.com slash lucidnap if you'd like to help support the show with a monthly subscription. You can do that. It's always nice. Or you can go to buymeacoffee.com for a small one-time payment to help support the show, to help us. We're going to try to get animation software so we can do better animation and things like that. There's a lot of plans. Anyway, uh, also LostBreadComic.com, that's a place that you can go if you want to buy comics, art, and more made by me. Or you can just follow us, and you don't have to give us money or anything, you just follow us on all those social media links in the description box. Or you can check out Creeping Wave Radio. The intro, the outro, that all ties into Creeping Wave Radio. There's a whole plotline going on that we're going to be working on the script for. Little by little, it's becoming a thing, and I want you to be part of that thing. You want to be part of that thing. So go listen to our past episodes so you kind of know what direction we're going. And thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Whatever you're doing, keep on doing it because otherwise it is just me 
talking to myself and my neighbors banging on the walls and saying, why are you yelling at three in the morning? And I'm saying, I'm trying to record a podcast. So why don't you just shut up and go to sleep if you're so tired anyway? But (laughs) that's my thing. And I'm not at all bitter. I appreciate the critique. I, no, not really, but you know how it is. And you know what I really do appreciate, though, is the Gramerica show, Nikki Benfield and Neil, the lovable Neil, because they're our Patreons. And we couldn't do it without them. Without them, we would be lost. I don't know what we would do. It would be horrifying. It would just be like walking through the darkness, blindfolded, which is unnecessary, really. But, I mean, it would be that, yes, that's how necessary they are. They're, they're necessary. The You Mind is brought to you by Lucid Nat Productions in cooperation with a hairy old man. Thank you for listening. Bye. Welcome to Wild Speculation, a podcast where each episode is a short story that explores one of the many strange, wonderful, and sometimes disturbing worlds of speculative fiction. You can find us at wildspeculation.buzzsprout.com, on the Project Entertainment Network, and wherever else you find podcasts. So sit back, enjoy the story, and let your imagination run wild. This has been a presentation of the Project Entertainment Network. Thank you.